0: BLOB TALK RADIO
1: Good morning, everybody. This is Kim with Black Free Fingers, and we are here to challenge you to think a little for yourself. I convert and you. And we have a guest today. We're going to be, going to be talking about the Groveland Four. So let me read what I had written out for the show today's information So So please please join us as we discuss the Groveland War with Carolyn Greenlee, daughter of wrong convicted Charles Greenlee, Greenlee, Ernest Thomas Thomas, Charles Greenlee, Samuel Shepard, and and Walter Walter Irvin were accused of raping a 17-year-old white white woman in in Lake Lake County, Florida, in 1948. They they were convicted of a crime, minus any evidence, evidence, by an all-white jury. In November of 1951, NWACP Special Counsel, Thurgood Marshall, had death penalty verdict overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court. The four men were posthumously exonerated on April 18, 2017, by a resolution passed by the Florida House of Representatives. The state also apologized to their families, and the, and the racial, racial injustices of, of the case, and lawmakers and on the race, I'm sorry, and, and lawmakers, lawmakers call called on, on Florida Governor, Governor Rick Dye, who officially pardoned them Please, Please contact, contact Florida, Florida Clemency Board, Board, Board to see a, a pardon for the young men who were wrongly, wrongly accused and convicted, convicted of a crime that they didn't commit. Admit. You can, you can find, find more resources and help to amplify this tragedy by using, by using the hashtag Heart 4. Recommended, recommended readings, reading, Gilbert King's, Kings Double in the
2: Gary Colsaire's,
1: Legal Lynching, Lynch Lynch, Lynch, The Sad Saga of Groveland 4, and PBS has, has a documentary entitled, entitled Groveland 4. If you go and so you look at the show book notes book for today, the links are included. And you should be able to, um, you know, click the links and go from there. Now, I did leave a link in there where it says you can find the resources. If you click on that resources, it will take you to a Google Drive, which gives you even more information about this case and how you can reach out, what you can disseminate, what you can utilize yourself, because you don't have to live in the state of Florida to send in um, a note, send in a fax, contact, you know, the people that are there. There's a clemency, well, there's a board meeting coming up, a clemency board meeting coming up in December, and we'll be finding out more about this. But today we have Carol Greenlee with us on the line, and she will be talking with us, and we also have... um, Uh, I'm so sorry. Um, We also have Taylor Maloney on the line with us today. I apologize. I couldn't quite get it out. But we would like to thank them for, you know, reaching out to us and being a part of the show. So welcome, Taylor. Welcome, Carol. Thank you all for being a part of the show today.
0: Thank you for inviting me.
1: This is Carol. Yes, ma'am. Yes,
2: thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Yes, Thank you. And so miss greenlee
1: um you know from my understanding charles greenlee was your dad um do you mind telling us about the events that led up to the arrest of the groveland four
0: yes um uh, my father and i really do appreciate you having us on um my father was um, um a teenager uh, at the time he was uh, about 17 years old He had uh, impregnated my mother at the time and was uh, seeking employment. Um, He was told by uh, a recent friend of his, who was uh, Ernest Thomas, that there was a lot of work down in in Groveland in the citrus industry and that that he could make some money. Um, uh, Being uh, young and, and knowing that he had a family on the way, a baby on the way, he went down to Groveland with uh, Ernest, um, to seeking work, um, and that uh, what led up to all of the uh, incidents that um, that is recorded in uh, Gibbs' book, and also led up to the to the uh, tragic uh, uh, incident of being accused of raping a 17-year-old white girl, which he was not even uh, closely in the vicinity of where she said it took place. Uh, my father was um, uh, arrested um, on what is what I learned was a packing shed where vegetables or a depot of some sort, um, when he was waiting on, Ernest to come back with a clean shirt because Ernest had invited him up to meet his mother uh, and because he did not have on any uh, a clean shirt he asked Ernest to go get him a shirt and he waited for Ernest on this on this um, uh, packing shed or depot and uh, uh, as it drew close to dark he saw um, the um night watchman come and make his rounds. And last time he got up to get some water and the night watch, watchman saw him and he was arrested at that point and taken to jail. Uh, the next thing he knew, he was uh, being uh, dragged into court and beaten and uh, tortured to, that uh, he had uh, been part of a rape. Uh, with some other fellows that he had never set eyes on before. So that's what led up to uh, all the where we are
1: uh, over almost 70 years ago. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Do you mind telling us a little bit more about your father? And, and, yeah, just tell us a little bit more about him right now.
0: Well, uh, my father... uh, after I was born, I uh, I can remember going to the prison uh, in Rayford. Uh, I think I'm maybe about three years old because I was uh, playing in the yard when my mother would take me on Sunday, and my father uh, would. Um, the last time that I can remember seeing him in prison was at that time when he um, said to my mother that not to bring me back anymore because it was just too hard being locked up and seeing and seeing him. So um, I didn't see him anymore. I think I was about maybe three, because I can barely remember uh, that particular Sunday. Um, I didn't see him anymore until he was paroled uh, in Tennessee, and I was about 11 years old at that time. Uh, but during the time he was in prison, um, he would often send me um, gifts uh, that he had made in prison. Uh, one that I still have today is a, a jewelry box that he made out of um, match stems that he picked up on the prison yard. Um, he would find a way to send me a birthday card. So he pretty much tried to stay in touch with me during those years in prison. Um and at eleven I finally uh saw my father again um, when he was paroled in Tennessee. My father um was a self made entrepreneur. He learned uh electrician how to be an electrician in prison. He he um uh, to all accounts was a uh quote good um prisoner, if you will, um so the guards would bring him books to read uh and he learned how to be an extremely excellent electrician, so when he got out of prison, he became a maintenance person for a big department store in Nashville, and uh on the side he would afterward he would uh start his own business. And for over 40 years, my father was a very reputable, very uh, highly uh, sought-out electrician and HVAC uh, maintenance man in Tennessee, with a huge uh, customer base. Uh, one that he took pride in in hiring people that uh, nobody else would hire. Uh, he he would he would always. Uh, I'll reach out to the to the person who, who was less fortunate, if you will. Um, and um, he had a, a heart of gold. He was a family man. Loved his family. Protected us uh, to the point that he um, did not want to um, uh, involve us in any his past uh, experiences. He tried to keep that away from us. He wouldn't talk about it. Um, at one point, after I finished college, I uh, I had to find out in order to make me whole, to to get rid of this hole that was in me. After all the the you know, the things that I've heard about what had happened, I needed to hear from him. So I I did I I uh, asked him to one New Year's day to tell me what had happened in his own words and uh, I can remember that just like it was yesterday because it was it was hard for me to hear but it was even harder for him to talk about it uh, he dropped his head and said that well I knew this day would come I dreaded but I knew one day that it would come that I had to tell you and I think that you know more about it than I do because all I know was I was taken to jail uh, after being on that shed waiting for my friend. And the same thing that I told you earlier, that's what he said to me. I don't know any more than what I have uh, read after I got out of prison or someone told me about it. I was not there. Um I learned of this in the courtroom when these other guys came in, but he would not go into the beatings and the the torture. He he could not go into all of that, and um, so I stopped. I mean, I just I just you know that's enough. I the only question I had was, they were you there? Did you do it? He says no. And that's all uh, I needed to know. No.
1: Yes, ma'am. You
0: know more. Yes, ma'am.
1: Right. Um, and I'm sorry that happened to your family. You know, um, let me tell everyone what happened with the other three young men. So, Ernest Thomas, who was 25, he escaped custody, and they pretty much hunted him down and shot him over 400 times. Samuel Shepard and Walter Irvin, who were both 22, they were veterans from World War II. They received life sentences in the case, but the U.S. Supreme Court with Thurgood Marshall, as the attorney, had those convictions overturned. And in 1951, they had a new trial, but they were shot by the sheriff, Sheriff Willis McCall. Um, Shepard died and Irvin survived, and he was released in 1968. And apparently he passed on in 1969. And your dad at that time was 16, and he had received a life sentence. And he was paroled when he was 27, and he went on to live the life that you just described to us. Um, did your father... Um, was was he vindicated in in his mind did he feel as though he was vindicated from this crime or do you think he still felt as though he was still convicted
0: during my father's lifetime um i don't think that he felt vindicated because he never would talk about it. He was let out of prison, but he still had that cloud over him. He still was a felon uh he so no, he was not vindicated and um when Gary book first came out when gary uh um, saw him um made a point to. Uh, visit Tennessee and seek my father out. At that point, my father still did not want to talk about it. Uh, and if you uh, read Gary's book, he he uh, it wasn't until his wife, Gary's wife asked him to please tell her to help somebody. My father would always ask me Went after I talked with Gary uh, and I wanted to to go out and vindicate him. I have wanted to uh, get the truth out so folks would know that this cloud would be lifted from my family, be lifted from him. And he told me no. He asked me, he said, well, who will this help? Carol, if it does not help anybody, why bring it up? You've got to have things that will help people, that will heal people. And this might not be the way to do it. So he said, I am more concerned about protecting my family because my family is all that I have. So my father felt that uh, keeping silent was safe because he feared that what happened to him and if it came out, some of those people were still alive, and we may be hurt. So no, I can believe not. that. I don't think yes, he felt vindicated. No.
1: Okay, I understand. I mean, and yeah, you do have to protect your family, and in situations like that, especially in the South. You do have to be careful, because if the families are still alive, you may still have vigilantes out there that want to, you know, um, um, well, basically, you have those lynch mobs. You have people with a certain mentality that are out there that would still try to harm that person or their family, even though they know the accusations are false. You know, with some people, they feel as though they have something to prove. Um, I was reading about you there was number one there was a movie coming out about the Groveland Four. Do you mind telling us something about that
0: uh I don't know much about it. I know that it's based on uh dubert's uh book um and i'm not and 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 I'm just uh, i don't know uh, whether or not I'll even be able to 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 watch it some things that is there. Uh, some things, uh, some movies that, that uh, is centered around lynching and these kinds of things that happened to um, black folks uh, in the '60s and even earlier in the '40s, where with my father, it's hard to watch. It, it, yes, it, 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 even today, things that you hear in the news, it's hard to, it's, it's hard to. To, to watch these things and, and and feel good about uh what's going on. It it's it, it 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 makes you want to
2: uh
0: ask yourself where is the justice? Where yes. is the where is the compassion? If we are all created equal then if we believe in The Pledge of the United States where it says that we are one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. My father died without knowing and without experiencing justice. I got a family now. And when I talk about this and when I see what's happening, i got a family living under a cloud of injustice, and it hurts. It makes you feel ashamed, and it makes you feel that you are not a part of a free country, of a country that believes in liberty, a country that believes in justice for all. It hurts. I am 69 years old in November, and it still brings tears to my eyes when I see, hear, even feel the hatred that we live under in 2018. It hurts that all are not equal, that all are not given the same opportunity. I'm still seeking justice for a man who spent 10 years of his life innocent, behind bars. That everything and every person who looks at the evidence says it was unfair. That Justice was not given to these four men. When will it end?
1: Wow. You know, with that being said, I guess what words of encouragement would you give to those who have experience being wrong wrongly accused as well as those that may experience it in the future because you know as we can see with what's happening now this is still happening. They're still ruining lives, ruining families. You know, so what words of encouragement would you have to those people?
0: My father uh sometimes would sit and and, and and go in the woods and just meditating. And he went to he, he loves to write points. And what I would say to them is what a, what daddy gave to me scribbled on a piece of paper. And it was when things go wrong as then as they sometime will, and all the roads you travel seems uphill. But the depth are low, and the way is high. You want to smile, but you have to sigh. When care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. Don't you quit. Rest. Pray. Rest. If you must, when care is pressing you down a bit, but don't you quit. I have to read that at times when, when I get weary. And that's why I can't quit until my father and the girls four is pardoned. I won't quit. And those that are out there, times gets dark. And the darkest part of the night is just before dawn. Don't quit, is what I would encourage them. Don't quit. Somebody would benefit from what you do. It may seem small. It may seem like it falling on deaf ears. But somebody would listen. When I started out with this, I thought, Lord, where where will I go? Who would listen? And I, from here, from Gilbert, from Josh, people that I never, ever knew have come in my path. A petition with almost 10,000 names on it comes out of nowhere that I never thought would happen. Don't quit. Don't quit. Is what I would encourage. Those who have been wrongly accused of crime, don't quit.
1: Wow. That was um very encouraging and I thank you for sharing that with us. Um Wow, and I see we you know, we have Taylor on the line with us. And I wanted to ask you both um about the Groveland Historical Society and how the information about the Groveland four weren't part of the historical society. How can we help you all to encourage them to include information and to bring that into the historical society so that people will know about what happened? I
0: think I think it it, it takes it takes a community uh, to make it known through petitions, uh, through what you're doing on the radio station. Um, when we started, a lot of folks didn't even know about the Groveland Four. Before Gibbers book, before uh, Gary's book, before Josh, a young uh, college student at the University of Florida, uh, read it in class. Uh, continue to get the word out there are people who are uh, very sensitive to what is going on and would help we have to start a petition we don't want to uh, take away anybody's history we just want to add to it we just want to be truthful about history so it won't be repeated again excellent and i
2: Oh, Sorry, Go ahead, I'm just table. going to jump in and, and say um, especially, um, you know, young people who are coming into this who have voices now and can vote um, and are connected in a different way than people might have been in a, in a different generation through social media um, can use their voices and can use their rights as citizens to contact these people to you know, um, come together and, and raise their voices to make sure that um, people like the Groveland Four are known and that their history is not forgotten and it will not be forgotten. Um, so we have actually created a page that pe- people can follow on Twitter. It's at the Groveland and then the number four and we've also created a Facebook group, and it's www.facebook.com groups justice, the number four, Groveland, the number four. Um, and on these pages, we are hoping to reach, um, again, the people that are on social media and that are active with ways that they can help the Groveland four and also help changed the clemency board process, and the, uh, this really just shameful point of Florida's history. I mean, this is horrible that these men and their families have not received this justice yet. Um, so one way you can help is you can go and you can follow these social media pages, and through following those, we put up ways that people can help every single day And it might take you just five minutes, but it's going to help and make a difference because you're calling out people in positions of power on what they are doing and um, what they're not doing, more importantly. So that's one simple way that people can help is going on following those pages and getting involved.
1: Excellent. And I read that the Groveland City Manager, Mike Hine, said that they wanted to possibly um, have a commemoration of the Groveland Four.
2: Have you? Do you have any updates on that? I have not. I have not either. And I think it's also important to note that, yes, while obviously things like that are important and raise awareness, the real goal here is not an apology. It's not, um, you know, a commemoration of their lives. It's a pardon for these men. These men deserve it. If they were alive, um, they would not have the chance to have basic civil rights. And I think that it's important that, yes, like it's important to include them in the history of, of Groveland, it's important to honor their lives, and um, but I think more importantly, we need to get them a pardon to set a precedent for, um, you know, future people and their families who might be in the same position, and to help change the clemency process.
1: Excellent, and that's coming up in December, so how can we help you all to get the Groveland Four added to the agenda you
0: know, we i we've tried everything we've uh, filled out the papers we've contacted the uh current uh, partners uh, board. Uh, we tried to contact uh, Governor Scott. We just have to do more. Just one of them could bring it before the board. Just all we need, just one. And I, I don't, other than what we've done, um, I don't know, just do more of what we have doing. It's trying to get them to bring it before the legislature. Have done. Uh, have asked them to expedite it. So all we need is just one of those four, uh, including Governor Scott, to bring it up before the clemency board. Um, continue to ask to continue to call your clemency board representatives. Uh, continue to write letters.
2: Uh, Right now, I feel like it's falling on deaf ears. Well, I think that it's actually really important to vote because um, the 2018 Florida cabinet candidates are running and uh, almost all of the positions of the Florida Clemency Board will be replaced. Um, And I think that it's important to start contacting those people and asking them what they're going to do for the Grove 1-4 and also the clemency process. So, for example, um, Andrew Gillum is running for governor, and he's expressed that if he gets into office, he will make this a priority. We've had, um, you know, it's the governor, the attorney general, um, the chief financial officer, and then the, um, the commissioner of agriculture. agriculture, those Yes, those are who make up the Clemency Board. And um, for Attorney General, Ashley Moody and Sean Shaw are running. Um, For the Chief Financial Officer, Jim Patronis, who is the current CFO, and then Jeremy Ring are running against each other. Um, For the Agriculture Commissioner, it's Matt Caldwell and Nikki Fried. They're running, so that would be a completely new person. And then, obviously, um, Andrew Gillum and – I'm so sorry, I forget the other candidate for governor, but they're running as well. Um, So it will be a chance to have new people in office who might not have heard about this issue. And so if we can get to them now while they're considering – the positions that they're going to take and the things that they're going to change when they get into office. I think that that's really important because we haven't had a change in those positions in quite a while. And I think that um, this is a really important time in Florida's history. And it's a chance again, to go out and vote for candidates who are going to make a difference um, in this, you know, section of law and justice and look into what their positions are on um, issues like this and just honestly go out and vote. It's probably the most important election for Florida in a very, very long time. Um, So if you are 18, make sure you're registered to vote. It is so easy to go on Google and see if you're registered to vote and make sure to go out to the polls um, on I believe it's November 6th, and make sure that your voice is heard and that you vote because, again, it can make a huge difference. The Clemency Board is basically all changing, and you can help pick the people who are going to best represent you and your, um, what, what the future of Florida justice will be excellent
1: excellent so yeah those of you um that are out there i believe the de- the um the deadline for voter registration is tomorrow in many states and i think that includes florida so i would suggest you all find out those deadlines get registered to vote you can also in some cases register to vote online so look for that um as well, you go to vote.gov, so vot dot gov, and you can find out the voter registration options in your area. And in some cases, you can register to vote online. Those that are registered to vote, I would encourage you to check on your status because we've had an issue of people being purged from the voter rolls as well. So please check your status as well. So you can send you know, emails and faxes. You can tweet at these legislators and and those that sit on the clemency board, find out their Twitter handles and start putting a little pressure on them and giving them the information. Some of them may not know about the Groveland Four and it's up to us to try to help them to get this put on the agenda so that they can get clemency, excuse me, clemency for these four young men who were wrongfully accused, and so I want to give the last word to Miss Greenlee. Um, what would you like to tell us? What would you like to say to encourage those of us that are, <clears throat> excuse me, living in this time, considering what's happening in this country, with the sociopolitical political culture, with everything. <laughs> I mean, I never would have guessed that this is what we would be travailing through, if you will, at this point in time, um, what words of encouragement would you just like to give everyone, Ms. Greenlee?
0: Get involved. Get active.
1: Research.
0: Know what you're standing for. Don't fall for anything. Research it. Don't take in nothing for granted. Um, educate yourself to the issues that involves you. Um, look into what is going on in your community and be active. Be involved. Vote. Let your voice be heard. Don't be, don't be scared to ask questions. Don't be scared to challenge that that you hear to the bottom of things. Vote. Register and stay active, stay involved. It is your community, and you make it. We the people of the United States, not just those who we elect. We the people, and we got to get back to voting, get involved, and understanding what the issues are. This is our life. This is our future. This is a great country, and we are the people who make it. Yes, ma'am.
1: So I would like to thank Taylor Maloney and Carol Greenlee for being a part of today's show. And, again, we're talking about the Groveland Four. There's a PBS documentary. It's about 90 minutes. I put the link there. There's a film coming out. Um, Talking about the Groveland Four, I would encourage you guys to go out and go see it, you know, purchase the download, the DVD, Blu-ray, what have you, and just do some research and find out about this particular story. Um, I believe uh, Gilbert King's book won a um, Pulitzer Prize. Devil in a Grove and Gary Colsar's book Legal Lynching is what inspired the movie. So we would encourage you guys to go and read those books. Um, I know they did a couple of interviews. You want to go out and listen to those? They were excellent. They were along with Miss Greenlee, which she did a wonderful job. And I thank you for being a voice, Miss Greenlee. I thank you for encouraging us and sharing the story of your family and what you all went through and 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 also letting us know that despite everything that happened that your father you know he was he was relentless, not only for him and his family, but for others as well. So he turned around and helped those that were being ostracized and othered in society. He helped them to to understand and to know that they were destined for great things and that they were worthy as well. And I appreciate that, and Taylor Maloney and the team for working relentlessly and diligently to get this story out here and to reach out to people. I encourage Taylor and the team to continue on with that. And Ms. Greenlee, I, I encourage you to continue to tell your story. I encourage all of you guys to continue to reach out, put this information out there, as well as stories of others, and to encourage and be there for one another. And I know that we'll be there for you as well. So. Again, thank you both for being a part of today's show. I appreciate you.
0: I want to thank you and and your listeners as well uh, for inviting us uh, to tell us tell my story, and I appreciate it. and And God bless you. Thank you,
2: ma'am.
1: And Taylor, did you want to say anything before we? I
2: Thank you so much. And, again, to your listeners, thank you for listening. This is a very important issue. Um, you heard Miss Greenlee's story, and if that doesn't move you, I don't know what will. Um, so thank you very much, and don't forget to vote.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And, again, voter.gov. You can go out there, and those that are Facebook friends with me or have the Black Free Thinkers liked, or even the People of Color Beyond Faith, um, a couple of days ago I put that information out there. I put up a GIF that tells you the deadlines for your state, and then I put up a link to a voter registration online um, um, link. So all of that is up there. So again, thank you. This is about the one four. This is Kim with Black Free Thinkers. We are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself. Again, we are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself. Guys, keep the Global 4 in mind. Go out to those resources. Tweet, email, fax, fax um, the legislators, the mayor, everyone that's in that particular area also. You know, you may want to give the curator at the Historical Society a nice call and ask why their information hasn't been included. And encourage them to include it, and so with that we will be um will be done so guys, thank you so much and today is Monday have a great rest of the week. take care everybody. this is Black free thinkers and Kim. Good day.